1: Welcome to the Rodawire DFS podcast for Thursday, June 9th. We're going to be breaking down a, uh, a nine-game slate for you. We got two day games and seven night games, uh, seven during the main slate. So we'll run that down in just a sec. But I am your host, James Seltzer. Let me welcome in my co-host for tonight, Mr. John McKechnie. What's going on, John?
2: How you doing, James? It's good to good to finally be hosting a pod with you, man.
1: Yeah, man. I'm excited. I've been uh, I've been rocking out with Benny Ricciardi, and I got a chance to work with Jake Letarski for the first time yesterday. And Jake-ski. Lo- looking forward to working with you for the first time as well, so this is good stuff. I-, I got a couple Wisconsin guys in a row here, so you can't go wrong with the Sconies.
2: Actually, though, I am a Maryland native. I'm just up here, uh, you know— by the fortune of, of the good people that that hired me up here, but I am a Maryland native
1: nice all right so i'm I'm in philly so you're you're more my neck of the woods. You didn't sound like you had the the Wisconsin accent that much. I just assumed because you were out
2: there yeah I've managed to manage to hold off from uh from having that accent luckily, but uh I don't know how much longer I'll be able to hold out it's tough It's tough when you're you're
1: surrounded by it submerged in it you know it's like uh, another language or something. Well, awesome. We're about to get into it. Let's run down this slate real quick, and then we'll jump in and break down every game for you. Uh, the day slate starts out two o five start in Texas as uh, the Astros are in town. Battle. F- for Texas, uh, ending here as the series uh, comes down to its last game here. Colin McHugh uh, with his 4970 ERA heading in to take on the lefty. Martin Perez for the Rangers. Uh, then at 510, the only other uh, of the all day slate that will not be a part of the main slate. Uh, Pirates heading into Colorado. So some coarse field action if you're going to do an all day slate. Jeff Locke, the lefty for the Pirates, taking on the righty. Chad Bettis for the Rockies. Then we get to the main slate. We've got uh, 7:05 start in New York as the Angels head in town. Julius Chassin pitching for the Angels, taking on Ivan Nova for the Yanks. Couple of righties there. Then we head out to uh 7:07 start in Toronto as we've got Tyler Wilson, the righty for the Orioles, taking on Marcus Stroman for the Blue Jays. There's some some bad blood going on in that series. That's always fun. Uh, and then we head out to Cincinnati, 7:10 start as the Cardinals are in town. Adam Wainwright looking to to get back on track, has really struggled this year, taking on the lefty Brennan Finnegan for the Reds. Uh, and then we head out to the 8-10 starts. Uh, eight, we have three 8-10 starts this evening. Uh, first one in Chicago, we have a little interleague action here as the Nationals are in town, Gio Gonzalez against Miguel Gonzalez. We got a, a battle for the Gonzalez's there, a lefty-righty matchup there. Then we head out to Milwaukee, another eight ten start. Jimmy Nelson for the Brewers, taking on big, fat Bartolo Colon for the Mets. Always fun to see that guy pitch and hit and all that. Uh, and then we head out to the last 8-10 start in Minnesota. We've got Tom Kohler, the righty for the Marlins, heading in to take on Big Earth. Irvin Santana for the uh, twins, a couple of uh struggling pitchers there, you'd say. And then we uh head out round out the night at uh, 10-10 start in Seattle as the Indians, Josh Tomlin is eight and one record on the line, going in to take on Nate Carnes, another battle of righties there. So, John, let us just dive right in here. Let's start out at the uh, two oh five start here in the battle for Texas, as uh the Rangers have really uh, had their way so far, the majority are winning the series so far. So um We've got a, a couple of uh, and just in general before we jump in here, just a very very lackluster pitching slate today. It's really hard to find anyone you can trust on, so I'm sure that'll be a theme throughout. But uh, we got column, yeah, right. We got a uh, column McHugh taking on a uh, Martine Perez here. What what interests you in this game?
2: I mean, the, the, this one and the and the Colorado Pittsburgh game are, are kind of the only two games that if if they were anywhere else on this slate, I'd I'd probably just stick to, like, the main event, but these two games are probably, like, two of the most uh, deep in terms of fantasy, in terms of, uh, you know, hitters that you can target and stack. Obviously, you got a game at Coors, you got a game at Globe Life uh, Park, so, you know, you got... A lot to like offensively here, and really not a whole lot to see pitching wise. Uh, Martin Perez has actually been a little bit better uh, than than you might expect. He's coming in at seventy five hundred, so you know obviously you're not paying up for much there. Uh, but he's a lefty, and the Astros actually have have really struggled against left-handers. Uh, they have the second worst K rate against southpaws this season, striking out over a quarter of the time, uh, and they've also struck out the third most in the majors over the last month at twenty four point four percent. So that you know, if you want to go with the cheap pitcher route, not that you can really go with the with the Madison Bumgarner or. or Clayton Kershaw type of expensive pitcher in this one. But, you know, if you're going with Perez here, there there's, there are some factors kind of going uh, to his benefit here. Uh, hmm. But, I mean, are you going to use either guy like a, a McHugh here struggles struggles on the road, uh, struggles both against righties and lefties, or a guy like Perez who, you know, is facing a pretty potent lineup?
1: Yeah, it's a really tough call. To be honest, I think I'm not taking either of the pitchers in this game if I can avoid it. Uh, Again, you know, I don't really want to take any pitchers pitching today. But um, as far as it goes, I think I'm going to avoid this game. I like a lot of the bats. You know, O'Dor is still priced very reasonably. He's been real hot since coming back. I think he's at twenty nine hundred. Um, I like George Springer, even at 4,000, you know, I feel like, yeah, against the lefty, I feel like he could be the highest priced outfielder on the board and he's, you know, 500 cheaper than that today, uh, especially with a, uh, uh, you know, a lighter slate. I like Mazara at 3,100 against McHugh. So there, there, I think there's a lot of value in the offenses in this game. Uh, but I, I, I would be leery about starting any of the pitchers. <laughs> So, um, all right, but another game, you know, do, if you like pitchers, stay away from this one. Five ten start in Colorado, so you know it's Colorado. You know, you pretty much start everyone, but uh, with Locke and Bettis, two pitchers who have struggled, um, who who stands out to you, especially at the prices?
2: Well, you're you're looking at the prices, and and FanDuel is always pretty smart to to adjust their their cores batters the properly. Bump. I mean, you got Cargo at forty five hundred. Like you were saying, Springer's a guy that could easily. In terms of points, be the be like the most productive or, or warrant the most expensive price tag amongst outfielders uh, on Thursday. But Cargo looks a little bit lost at the dish to me. I think he had the golden sombrero uh, last night in LA. Didn't look very good. Looked pretty lost at the plate. So I'm probably going to avoid him. I'm gonna. I mean, this game it does have that intrigue, and you got two pretty weak pitchers. So you know, you kind of have to weigh it amongst yourself. Like, do you want to really just load up on this game? And, yeah, I mean, it certainly could work out for you, but do you think that, like, the percentage ownership is going to be tough to kind of differentiate yourself if you're stacking all these Pirates against, against uh, Bettis or all these Rockies against Locke?
1: Yeah, I agree. It's tough to do, especially if you're doing, you know, like, when you've only got the, the 205 and the 510, you know, I think, you know, Personally, I usually stay away from the all-day slate just because you can't really predict lineups and who's going to be sitting out and whatnot, what values will be there. And the weather, absolutely. Um, But if you are doing it, you know, I I think if you're playing an all-day slate, it makes sense to get those earlier guys in because you can have those factors kind of, uh, you know, already taken care of, even though you might not get the advantage of the later guys as much. But um, I, I agree. I think the pricing is really fair for this game. Uh, I like Nick Hundley at 2,900, righty-lefty matchup there just because catcher is really light today. I think that's a decent price for the upside of him playing at home. Um, Para has been better against left-handed pitching, or excuse me, yeah, against left-handed pitching this season. Um, you know, you don't know if that continues, but Jeff Locke is not very intimidating. So, uh, you know, I, I could see getting any of the bats in. I like Polanco even at 4,100 uh, against a righty. He's obviously been great. Um, but, again, I think you're right that the I don't think you're going to find a ton of value in there like you might at other times. Uh, all right, let's head on to that main slate. 705 start leading us off as uh, we've got those New York Yankees hosting the Angels. And uh, I've said this to Benny Ricciardi before. Uh, pitching for the Angels, my favorite name to say in baseball with the Julius Chassin. You know, it's just it's fun. Yeah, you can have fun with it. You know, it's good. And then Ivan Nova, a little less exciting. But uh, uh, both guys who've struggled. Uh, is this another game where, where can you trust either of these guys or, or in New York, assuming you're you're probably going to try and find some bats instead?
2: Yeah, initially, I was definitely leaning towards more just the bats, but uh, I did a little bit of digging. And Nova actually uh, has has been pretty good at home this year. He's got a He's got a which is surprising, you know, Yankee Stadium, kind of a bandbox. Uh, he's got a 2.22 ERA and a one oh seven WHIP at home, so that you know, those are numbers that, you know, at this point in the season, they're not a complete fluke. At least, I mean, I don't think that he's he's actually quite up to the to those numbers, but I mean, that, that's still a very solid uh, you know indicator. He's pretty comfortable pitching in those confines. Uh, Chasin though. You know, he's got the advantage of being a lefty, and a lot of the Yankees' bats are left-handed, so they can be a little bit hamstrung with it with their lineup choices on Thursday. So, you know, like a guy like Brett Gardner or, or Jacoby Ellsbury, you're not sure if, if Girardi's going to kind of just flip, flip things around in that lineup. So like you said, if, especially if you're doing the all-day slate, you, you're really going to be kind of gambling on some of those Yankees lefties remaining in the lineup. Uh, but as far as hitters... I'm a big Cole Calhoun uh, guy these days. I think that short porch really plays to his favor in Yankee Stadium. He's a left-handed bat, hits in a really favorable part of the lineup. Uh, let's see what he's priced at. He's, at. he's at 3900 so he's definitely not as cheap as you would like a guy like Calhoun to be. But he's got Trout behind him. I, I think that I'm definitely going to put him in all of my lineups. But outside of him... Uh, I'm struggling to find a whole lot of value in this game in terms of the bats. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I have a really similar read there. Like, just going through and looking at the pricing, I mean, Brett Gardner's 3600 Like, Ellsbury, 3500 Like, I think I guess I'd rather have Ellsbury for 100 cheaper. But, I mean, it's just, it, I, I agree. Like, a lot of these the guys you think you might want are not necessarily very good values. I mean, maybe a upside play on Didi Gregorius at 2300, you know, if you need to He can actually hit
2: lefties better than you'd think he can as a left-handed bat himself. He, I think he he's one of those weird cases where he he can actually see the ball off the left-handed pitcher a little bit better than he does the righties. It seems.
1: Yeah. He's been, been really good against them this year so far, but, um, uh, either way, I- I'm with you. I don't see a lot of, uh, a lot of value offensively in this one, or, you know, I like the Nova call, especially with those home numbers. And look, Chausin's I think $5,900 or something. So, you know you could do worse for uh for a Hail mary player too if you want to go for a, a you know kind of counterintuitive play there. All right, let's uh move on 707. Start let's stick with a a couple of AL East teams here is uh Tyler Wilson and the Orioles heading into town to take on the Blue Jays and Marcus Stroman who is uh certainly not lived up to the billing this season as the team's ace, but uh what do you think about this one, Strowman Stroman, uh, you know, as far as it goes on a day with these types of of rough pitching slate, stroman probably has as much talent as anyone on the board but you know do you the orioles have been hitting so where do you kind of stand on this one
2: yeah i'm probably going to leave stroman alone I, i'm i'm in agreement with you that he he probably has that upside that that you like especially on, on a day where you're just sort of uh wading through the garbage to to find the right value pitcher but uh his numbers at home have been pretty atrocious he's got a 639 era and a 155 whip at home, so those aren't particularly encouraging numbers, especially when the Orioles are coming to town. Uh, and then Wilson on the other side, if you, if you look at his road numbers, he's got a 3.43 ERA and a, and a WHIP of just 1.0, but that's only a 21-inning sample. So so you really got to take that with a grain of salt and consider that he definitely has not faced a lineup uh, like Toronto's. And Toronto looks like they're starting to heat up a little bit. So. I think there are some bats to be had in this game. Obviously, uh you know, anytime there's an AL East clash that that doesn't involve the Rays, I think there's going to be a lot of bats in play. Uh I really like Chris Davis. I think the most out of this one. Uh he's at 3500 at first base. Uh he's coming off of like a day an off day. Buck Showalter kind of gave him the day off, uh rest some sort of nagging soreness, and he's going to be batting in his favorite uh stadium that's not ne- that's never been his home park, so not Globe Life or Camden Yards. He has 13 career home runs there and a slash line of 3.29, 4.29, 6.99 at the mm. Rogers Center. Wow. So I mean, the dude mashes there. I, I don't know if it's the poutine or what, but <laughs> he really he likes it up there. Uh, I'm definitely going to ride with him. I know that uh, there is the boom or bust that is just part of taking Chris Davis in your lineup. He's going to strike out at least once, but you know. He might just uh, hammer a home run with a giant shaw in as well. So I'm definitely going to roll with him. Uh, I mean, we're looking at who else we're we looking at. We're looking at Josh Donaldson at thirty nine hundred. Anytime you can get Donaldson under four, especially when he's starting to hit. He, he came up just shy of the cycle today, I believe, against Jordan Zimmerman. So you, you like the, the trajectory there. Um, but I mean, what, what else are you looking at as far as hitters in this matchup?
1: I can't even think anymore since you mentioned poutine. It's all about now. like <laughs> I, my mind is off. There's going to be a terrible job by me for the rest of this podcast. Um, no, I I, th- I think you hit a lot of the 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 things I was I was looking at there. I I agree on not wanting to roll Stroman out there. He just hasn't looked right this season and and has really struggled. And and this Baltimore lineup is just too good. I feel like on a day with with this many rough you know options at pitcher. You almost want to, you know, play the matchup as much as any other day. So uh, I'm going to avoid that as well. Michael Saunders uh, against the righties—one of the few names he didn't mention—that uh, for 3,300, I think in that ballpark is a is a decent value. Uh, but otherwise, I think he kind of hit on on the vast majority of the the contacts that I was uh, going with there. And I don't think I'd be willing to pony up for Tyler Wilson, even though I. Suppose he could be a contrarian play. Uh, all right, let's move on. 7 10, last of the seven o'clock starts there, as we've got a, a, you know, formerly would have been the best pitcher on the board easily, and Adam Rainwright for the Cardinals, who's just been having a rough season, and then uh, Brendan Finnegan going for the Reds, lefty, uh lefty uh, who's been, you know, better than a, a vast majority of the pitchers on the slate today, but far from dominant. Uh, where are you leaning in this one especially with St. Louis's offense just humming right now
2: yeah the St. Louis offense is really humming and you got to love the fact that you're going to get Matt Carpenter's bat eligible at the second base position that's something I just noticed that I think uh, is a bit of a game changer in terms of how I'm gonna uh, roll my lineups out there he's 4200 that's obviously expensive and he's facing a lefty but I think he's pretty comfortable hitting in the in the great American ballpark uh, and you know I think he's gonna be gonna be probably leading off uh with a really kind of hot lineup behind him. So I think there's a, there's a pretty good chance that he's definitely going to hit value for you there. Uh, I'm definitely not going to pay up for Bueno at at 8000 just because like we've said struggled a little bit um this season should be the best pitcher on the board, but at this at this point in the season he is what he is and he's probably just not worth worth targeting especially with the Reds who are, you know, similarly uh really hot right now. I mean, Adam Duvall he's i can't believe he's only 3600 doesn't he have like 15 home runs since the yeah, start dude. of may or something he's got
1: like eight in the last like week and a half or even shorter i think he's been white hot
2: yeah he's just outrageous at the moment so uh yeah th- i think this is definitely a game where, you, where you're gonna want to target the hitters again i mean i feel like i'm repeating myself but i mean every time we go through one of these games and you look at the pitchers, you're just like oh my god like which stack do i want the most yeah. uh what else you got i mean you got Eugenio Suarez at 3,100. He's been heating up a little bit, and that that's not not really breaking the bank at 3,100 for your third baseman. Uh, Ledmus Diaz and Cozart, both 3,500, so kind of like your upper-tier uh, shortstop, middle-infield guys. Usually I like to play, play for value a little bit more at shortstop if I'm not going the, the Correa-Machado route, so not sure if I'll end up squeezing either of those guys in. I uh, do like Holiday a good bit. You know, righty lefty matchup there. Um, I don't know what else are you looking at.
1: I'm looking at Johnny Peralta at $2,200. He homered again last night. Um, is just uh, has looked decent since coming back, batting over 400. You know, very 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 small sample size but uh, has always been better against left-handed pitching Uh, and just at 2200 at third base that, you know, batting just in that lineup against the lefty. I just, I feel like that's such a good value. Um, I like Piscotty at 3800 against the lefty. He's just been raking against left-handers. On the other side of the ball, I like Joey Votto at 3400, kind of based on the way the first base slate breaks out. It's kind of a a decent price, better against... He hasn't been very good, but he's starting to seemingly heat up a little bit, it looks like. Uh, and obviously, Wayno, as we said, has been just... Pretty bad. So uh, I feel like uh, going with Votto there is uh, is a decent call as well. All right. Before we move on to the 8-10, sl- or 8-10 games, we've got three of them and then a 10-10. Let me remind everyone the MLB season is here and that means that daily fantasy baseball is back. Go to Fandle.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. It's it's great because you don't have to worry about injuries. You know, if someone gets hurt, they're out of your lineup the next day. You know, you can... You know, look at all the values and, and just try and find the best. It's fun because it's like a new team every day and you, and you don't have to get bogged down by someone in a slump. It's just it's a really fun way and it's a fun companion to season long as well. Like you could do both. Like they're both really, really fun. So uh, uh, join the over one million other users who've already won money. It's never late too late to join. You can come play with me and John every day over at FanDuel.com. Just go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code RWPOD. That's RWPOD for over a $60 value for just $25. Again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD at FanDuel.com where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Fanduel.com com. Sign up today. All right, let's get into this Eight uh, ten starts here. Let's start in Chicago. As we said before, the, uh, the title of the, the best Gonzalez pitching in Chicago tomorrow night is up for grabs. And uh, between Gio the lefty and Miguel the righty, uh, obviously Gio uh, better than Miguel, but uh, Gio struggled a lot lately. Uh, where, where are you kind of leaning in this one?
2: Yeah, you just don't like to see the Gio, a guy like Gio, who's been lit up over his last few starts. He's averaged uh, six runs allowed over over his last three starts, and he's still the highest priced guy on the board tonight. So really, kind of steering away from him a little bit. And then you got a guy in Miguel Gonzalez that uh, got bumped out of the rotation. Now he's back in from some extenuating circumstances. This might be a spot start. Uh, so you you're not really. Uh, confident in how far he's going to be able to go into the game and you don't really like his win probability right now as well which is something that you that can kind of like make up your mind for you a little bit in terms of uh going for these value pitchers so Miguel Gonzalez probably only going to get get like four maybe five innings out of him at most and you know the strikeouts aren't going to be there either and Frankly, the the Nationals look like they like a sleeping giant that has been awakened this week. As we speak, I think James Shields is giving up more home runs, uh, <laughs> like right this second. He seriously might be. Um, so that that national the Nationals bats are kind of going to be what I'm looking for mostly in this one, uh, especially a guy like Danny Espinosa and his crazy beard. He's only 3100 at the shortstop position, so that's more in the in the price range that I'm looking for. Uh, with that sort of pop upside a little bit here and, and in a dangerous lineup that, that like I said is really heating up and then of course you got your Daniel Murphys and your your Bryce Harpers Bryce is back up to where he should be in the in the 4100 range uh Jason Worth 3600 don't like that price for a guy like for a guy like Worth uh what are you looking at as far as uh, Nationals hitters or uh White Sox hitters here
1: uh very similar to a lot of what you said. I like Ben Revere, twenty seven hundred hitting atop the, the lineup against the righty. Uh always that potential to get you a steal or two, which can add up points pretty quickly. Um outside of that, I do like Harper and Murphy and and depending on how you're building your lineup, I would be fine paying up for those guys uh in this matchup. Um and again, you know, I would be fine. Uh, getting a few White Sox in there too, cause Gio just doesn't look right. And, and whether it's a who is uh, pretty reasonably priced, he hasn't been great lately, but you know, when you're getting the opportunity, what's a at 3,200, I mean, that's a, it's a nice price for the upside. Um, you know, uh, Todd Frazier is not cheap. Obviously, he's thirty nine hundred, but he mashes left handed pitching. So, uh, and has obviously been really good. So, I, I think there's uh, another game. It's funny we're we're struggling to find a uh, a pitcher you can start, but we're like, I think the, all. the
2: light is at the end of the tunnel. Next game, there I think I might have the guy for. I feel the, the same it.
1: way. My, I think we might have the favorite, uh, fa- same favorite pitcher on the board as. Uh, as it's not uh, for me, at least. Big Fat Bartolo Colon, who I don't hate, but uh, heading into Milwaukee against Jimmy Nelson, who uh, could be a good play today. What do you think, there, John?
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of Jimmy Nelson. You know, obviously living up here, I, I watch most of his starts. And at 7,800, I think that's the best combo uh, of value and upside that we're going to have on the on the board tonight. So I I really like Jimmy, and I like the fact that he's at home. Uh, over, the la- over the last, uh, or at home, uh, his last three starts, he's had four combined earned runs in 22 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's pretty dominant stuff, if you ask me. And then you really got to factor in that the, the Mets, do you know what's going on with them? Because they, their offense seems to have just completely <laughs> gone to sleep. Con- Conforto just doesn't look right. Uh, Cespedes, you know, he's he admitted earlier this week he's kind of feeling iffy with, with the kind of pre-existing hip thing. Uh, so you you're, you get the advantage of, of a Mets team that is mired in a pretty massive slump. And, that you know, they'll have just played coming off of three games played in a two-day stretch, and they got to turn around and fly up to Milwaukee. So they're going to be a little bit low I think Nelson is a guy that you can take advantage of that kind of lineup, that kind of swing-and-miss lineup, uh, rack-ups and strikeouts. So it's 7,800. I really like him. Uh, and then, you know, on the flip side, you know, the Brewers, Brewers players, Brewers hitters, uh, tend to be, their prices tend to jump all across the board because they seem to be a team that, that is all or nothing. You know, Chris Carter, uh, the other night mashes two home runs, uh, puts up 47.9 Fan duel points. Uh, I don't think he even comes close to that combined in his previous nine games. So that, that kind of gives you a read on, on the sort of volatility of that lineup. So. And that's not to say that Cologne is a guy that's really going to take advantage of it. I know that Cologne's I don't know how he's doing it, but he, he is <laughs> I yeah,
1: every year I say this.
2: Right. And it, I, I I think I have a couple of shares of him in season long and it, he actually actually just hasn't burned me at all, really. So uh I mean, let's see, looking into into the position players a little bit more, Brewers guys that, that might be uh worth looking at uh Hernan Perez when he's in the lineup he tends to hit pretty high in the lineup and uh he he always seems to just kind of find a way to get on base you like his stolen base upside he's got 7 steals and he's not an everyday player so he's at 2200 so if he's a guy if you're setting your lineup for for like the main slate don't have to set it uh early in the afternoon uh Perez is a guy that you'll definitely kind of want to want to think about as like a sneaky play. Aaron Hill's also a decent play at $2,700. Uh, VR at 3500 He has that steel upside, uh, plus he hits at the top of the order. So you got to like that a lot. And then, you know, you go into the Blue Bloods and there's a pretty big drop off in terms of uh, outfielders. You got Braun at 4100 Then the next highest price is Granderson. Don't trust Granderson. I mean, he he's about as all or nothing as, as it gets at the moment. So I'm probably going to avoid the the Mets batters, not just because I'm going to be using Nelson, but because they, they've they really just kind of fallen into this funk. Uh, so the, I'm mostly going to be targeting pretty much any, any and all brewers kind of on the board for me in this one.
1: Yeah, I have the exact same read, especially for Nelson. He's my favorite pitcher on the board. I write the... Uh... The FanDuel um, uh, recommended plays, uh, you know, article for RotoWire for Thursdays, and spoiler alert: Jimmy Nelson's going to be the pitcher that I recommend. Uh, Mets striking out 24.3 percent of the time against righties. Three eleven woe against them. They've, like you said, and they've been worse lately. It's just an offense that seems to have lost its way. So. um uh, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent in on that. Uh, and, and again, as far as the Brewers bats go, uh, I like the Perez call VR, uh, obviously just on the upside. If you can fit him in, sure. He's better against lefties than righties, but still switch hitter. So, you know, he, he can go up and, and take some acts. He's been all right from the left side as well. So, um, you know, I, I think I agree with you across the board there. As we move on here, we've got uh, two more, or excuse me, one more eight ten start here in Minnesota. As the uh, unexciting uh, game as it gets here, the Marlins heading it to down to take on the Twins. Tom Kohler taking on Bigger Irvin Santana, uh, who has the uh, potential always uh, to, to, you know, throw a gem out there. But we haven't seen it a lot lately. Uh, uh, again, a game where you're going for the bats. I'm assuming
2: uh, that. And and at that, I'm still probably not going to be getting many of these bats into my lineup. It, it It's probably going to be a thing where if I'm making like my second or my third lineup, maybe I'll start mixing in some of this game, but really not a whole lot to like uh, uh, overall. Usually I do kind of like Dozier, uh, but... He, only when he's going against lefties. So at 3,500 with a righty righty matchup where he, where he has a pretty decent probability of giving you a goose egg from, from that price. Uh, that's really going to kind of sink your sink your lineup. That's so much money to be spending on zero. So Dozier's generally the only, uh, twin, uh, like mid tier price guy that I'll go for. Eduardo Nunez has been, uh, like white hot lately. I mean, he's got, uh, in his last four games, well, uh, 20 well over 20 points two 30 point games in his last four so you you like that but I mean I don't trust Stanton right now he looks lost uh Robbie Grossman's a guy that uh it's sort of like a cat's out of the bag thing he I loved playing Robbie Grossman he was 2500 but at 3100 uh not as much anymore so there's just there's not enough uh, matchups to take advantage of in this one, whether it's pricing or whether it's platoon lefty righty, uh, for me to really get excited about this one either way.
1: Very, very similar take. I'm not starting either of these pitchers. If I had to choose one, I guess I'd start Irv, but, uh, I'm staying away. I don't like a lot of the values on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Derek Dietrich at 3000 is fine. You know, it's not super exciting, but against the righty, it's okay. Uh, Prado at 3,100 hits right as well. He's always, can see he's not going to break the bank for you, but he'll, you know, Put up, he won't give you a goose egg usually and, and can put up some all right numbers, but I'm with you. Just a, a thoroughly unexciting game <laughs> from start to finish. Uh, a little bit of a better one out of 10-10 as we round out the night. The Indians and Josh Tomlin in his 8-1 and one somehow record. I don't know how he's doing it, taking on Nate Carnes and the Mariners. Uh, what do you think about this one? Is there any value with these two pitchers, two of the somehow better pitchers on the board today?
2: Yeah, I mean generally uh unless I have a very strong ingling one way or the other uh it when you have two pitchers that are in that sort of upper echelon, you know, like I mean I'm not necessarily comparing this to like a, a Kershaw versus Arietta but the, uh, <laughs> it's along, so along close the,
1: though. It's like right <laughs> there.
2: Right? Uh but you know, along the same lines where the, these guys are very similar skilled and like they they both kind of have that potential to to throw uh some quali- you know, like a quality start. So I'm probably gonna avoid that because this game I look at as as a bit of a coin flip because Cleveland can can go to sleep uh, on offense sometimes, and then other times, you know you turn around and they're putting up ten runs. so that they're a very kind of volatile offense, and Carnes has been really solid. so it, it's tough to parse uh, whether you're gonna whether you're gonna get that win probability with Josh Tomlin or Nate Carnes here. Uh, and then, you know, a guy like Robbie Cano, you like his price a lot, but his uh, his splits at home compared to on the road, uh, not as obviously just not doing his best work at Safeco. I mean, not to say that that as a knock against him, because Safeco is a pretty tough place to hit unless you're pretty much Nelson Cruz. Uh, but he, you know, 3,600 for Cano. That's something that that's interesting. Uh, Kyle Seeger, I think at 3,300 is a really nice value actually. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lindor at 3,600. Yeah. So the, the, the prices for the bats are a bit deflated in this one. So there is kind of some sneaky value if you, if you keep looking around in it and you know, a guy like Seth Smith, uh, going against a righty, he's probably gonna be batting second in the order. He usually does when they face right-handed, uh, pitchers. So that, that's something that you might want to consider, but you know, at the same time, he's a guy that, you know, outside of his 53 point game, uh, a few starts ago what has he really done for you lately I mean it, it's always like a tantalizing thing because he's always so cheap and he gets that platoon advantage but uh you're ne- you know you can easily get burned by a guy like him as well
1: yeah I I agree completely it's a shame because it, it you would like to to start some of these guys but I mean Tyler Nakin if he's in the lineup lefty righty match up there he's been okay you know he's not gonna hit a lot of home runs or steel bases, but you know, he, he's batting 338 for what it's worth. Um, it's just like you said, Rajai Davis at 3,000. Uh, you know, not the best righty righty, but still, you've got some speed upside there. But um, really, I agree. Just not a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, the Indians, like you said, it's such a. I mean, they're in first place. They're getting it done. It's just such a strange concoction of of how it's working offensively. I mean, Lindor, who's like 21 or 22 or whatever, and is isn't you know first full season and only second season in the majors is is their best hitter by far. It's really a. It's a really interesting, you know, kind of way they're getting it done. They're going to have to, I think, what I would think, add a bat, uh, you know, if they're really going to get 10, though.
2: I think so, too.
1: Yeah. Always fun to get a, a touch of real baseball talk in when you're getting the. Drew me off almost. I know, right? <laughs> you weren't ready for it. John, this was fun, man. I had a good time. I appreciate you hopping in for Benny this week.
2: Yeah, man. It was great. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yes. So hopefully John and I will be doing it again too. And um, obviously we will be back with the roto DFS podcast again tomorrow for you as we are every day. I will be back next week. John, when are you back on? Are you on again soon?
2: I will be traveling on Friday, so you, usually I'm I'm on the Friday one with Paul Bruno, but uh, Chris Benzine, Crispy, is going to be filling in for me on Friday morning, so th- get you ready for that weekend slate. And then I will officially be back uh, Tuesday with uh, Jake for, for that Tuesday slate
1: nice i like crispy crispy and Jake ski. you like the skis on the end there it's good wow, um, lots I, of skis up here yeah and look all the friday people they get you today so you get you get a, you john a day early which is good so again john john mckechnie i really appreciate it for john i'm james seltzer i'll be back with you next week we will be back with the rotowire dfs podcast for you again tomorrow everyone good luck go out win some money